Blog Talk Radio. We live! We're live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's page one. It's page one. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. going on blog talk radio nation it's friday night and you are tuned into page one with lavar and mary so glad that you can join us on this friday night august 26th 2022 the last show for the month of august when next we meet it will be september <laughs> um and it will be actually uh i'll start off at the top of the show programming note it will be Labor Day weekend next Friday night. Mark on your calendars. We will not be here, but we will join you on Sunday night, September 4th um, at 9 o'clock uh, Central Time, 10 o'clock Eastern. So the time that you would have joined us on Friday night, you'll hear us on Sunday. It's a great way to enjoy your holiday weekend. But as always, I am joined by my wonderful friend who for 204 shows, or as I always say, We've done one more show than Nick Cannon has kids. Um, Mary, how are you this evening? <laughs> Is it only one? I thought it was like maybe two. We, we beat them by I'm one. Good. Hot, humid, <laughs> kind of uncomfortable, but I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, good old Nick. Uh, like I said, I'm not hating, but uh, he has announced that he is. Uh, having another child, uh, he, he told us that this was going to happen. Uh, so child number nine. Now, this is so bad. Most of the news outlets have lost track because some outlets had nine, some had ten. <laughs> I yeah, do if believe you've run nine. out, that there's pro- or if you can't get it right, that there's problems. Right, which which is amazing because when I when I saw a website. I was like, is it 10 already? And then another one had nine. I was like, uh-oh. Well, you know that is a sign when uh, there are two news organizations that differ, and I've seen other differentiating. I do believe some sites are also counting, uh, you know, sadly, the child that he did lose. So I don't know um, if they're counting that into the equation. But, yeah, he has announced that he is expecting child number nine. Uh I think he's warned us that there's probably another one before the year is out, which I've, I know we said it, and I don't want to spend time on this. This actually wasn't a topic. But like I told somebody, I don't even really want to hear from him anymore. I'm curious to find out from those that are having these children with him why they're having children with him knowing that he has kids with other women and are having them at a rate of a few times a year with different women. And I don't know how they feel. I'm pretty sure they're looking at the setup and the the money, but at some point, some point, does something cross your mind about the love portion? Because I mean, it definitely isn't love. I don't know. I mean, at that point, you might as well call this show or what he's doing what sister was, 
because that's what it's turning it to because not love. It's about money. I mean, let's be honest. Um, yeah, it's disturbing. <laughs> and it is. And if it's not love, I don't know how someone could have a child, say that they love the child, but not have feelings for the parent. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, you had to have something there in order to create life. And if it's not, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. We're not spending a lot of time on it tonight. I just don't understand. No. But that's me. No. No, we're not. It's just it's mind-boggling, and I have a very odd feeling that it will not be the last time this year that we will discuss this. Um, but, yeah, but, uh, no, hopefully wherever you guys are at, it is not raining anymore. Uh, I know that there have been some storms this week uh, throughout the south in Texas and Louisiana and Mississippi, uh, a lot of flooding there, a lot of damage in its wake. Um, some places still with heat. Uh, some places starting to drift into fall and seeing some mild temperatures. So uh, hopefully wherever you're at, you're doing good. Uh, one of the things, though, uh, the interesting thing that I've read, I, I like to share now, and I think I usually will share here in this host chat segment, uh, is the most interesting things that I read this week. And one of the things that I read this week actually involves out in your neck of the woods because, uh, of course, with what is going on out your way uh, is that you have, of course, a drought that's going on still. And Mm -hmm. the article, uh, which came from NBC, uh, is that uh, coming soon to Las Vegas Strip, drought rules – Barring fountains and rivers and lakes, uh, there has been proposed water cuts uh, could also affect golf courses in southern Nevada, where home swimming pools are already subject to new restrictions. And um, they said that, you know, of course, where thousands of visitors can amble by gentle rivers and uh, that are are fronting some of these hotel casinos, uh, a series of measures envisioned for Metro Las Vegas is to reduce water consumption. It will bar new resort hotels from including water features in their designs, like the popular fountains of the Bellagio at the uh, uh, Bellagio Hotel. One of the three proposals outlined by the Las Vegas Valley Water District would slap owners of single-family homes starting next year with a $9 fee for every 1,000 gallons that they use over the seasonal water limit. Under another proposal, water budgets for golf courses would shrink by a third in 2024. Uh, the proposals uh, pretty much uh, are on the table there, and um, they would be voted on by the water board when the public comment period is over. One rule already set to take effect September 1st will limit residential swimming pools to a maximum size of 600 square feet. And down the road, water officials could further restrict outdoor water use as part of an ongoing preemptive effort. Uh, The proposed restrictions follow the U.S. Bureau of uh, Reclamation's recent announcement that Nevada would have to cut its water consumption from the Colorado River by 8% next year as western states grapple with reducing its reliance on the once uh, mighty river amid a historic drought. Uh, they are hoping that, and actually Nevada, which uses the smallest amount of water among the seven states that draw from the river, said it will reduce its annual allocation of 300,000 acre-feet uh, 300, 300, acre by 25,000 acre-feet next year. 
An acre uh, foot of water could supply two families of four for a year. And Nevada used 242,000 acre feet last year. So um, hopefully the other states that use it are Arizona, California, Colorado, New Mexico, Utah, Wyoming. They'll have to come up with a plan to save an additional two to four million acre feet of water from the river. And um, it is interesting that, um, like I said, for a place that thrives on, you know, big time uh, glitz and glamour, <laughs> that even the casinos now, well, and it makes me wonder if they're going to restrict sued probably what the Bellagio does with their fountain. Which is, I don't think they surprisingly, will. It's surprisingly, no, they won't. Um, some of the things that are left out of that article, which I love, is that the um, Southern Nevada Water District is not a state entity. <laughs> it's, just, it's a group. Um, but they've, they propose those. They go to the councils for the different cities. And when the U.S. Bureau of Water Reclamation came to the seven states, only Nevada came forward and said, yeah, we'll drop our usage by 8%. We volunteered that. We brought that plan to them. Not We weren't forced to do that. But even with that being said, we actually don't use a lot of that water. We don't lose a lot of that water. Most of the water and all the water features, including the Bellagio Fountains, which I know you have seen and got to partake mm-hmm. of, recycle mm-hmm. their water. They reclaim their water. So any water that goes through is reclaimed and then reused. So it's not – I wouldn't drink out of the fountain ever, mm-hmm. but watching the fountains, what little evaporates is still like all of the rest of it's reclaimed. So it's pretty it's, – it will still affect us a little bit, but it won't affect us as much. as It makes it sound like we're, like, giving up everything. We're really not. <laughs> Actually, true fact, the water that is used in the Bellagio fountain, Avion water. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Dasani. It uh, it's Dasani. <laughs> it's uh, yes, all those good fits. Perrier water. That's that's what they use. Bellagio. <laughs> Would not surprise me. Uh, but yeah, so no, it's a uh, pretty bad drought times across the west out there. So uh, I know some people who wanted to have designs on larger pools, and I know golf courses are going to hate that too because they're going to be like, hey. uh, we're trying to build a nice design of golf course. You're telling us we can't really build a lot of water. Uh, hazard. So, yeah. Interesting. We'll keep an eye on that. So, who says, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say something about climate change, but not a lot of people believe in that. And, uh, yeah, uh, moving on, that brings us to the Almanac. Uh, once in a while, and I think what I'll start to is with the Almanac is that there are a lot of anniversaries and things that are coming up. And, um, we don't miss it for uh, just out of fact because there's so much in the show that we put in. But, of course, one thing to remember is that we are coming up in a couple of days um, on the 28th of August. We are coming up, hard to believe, I think it is, and I'm going to get this wrong, um, on the 59th anniversary of the March on Washington and Dr. Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech 
uh, on August 28, 1963. Uh, so on uh, Sunday, it will mark the 59th anniversary of that. So uh, if you have a chance, and as I say it every year, if you have not heard the entire speech, because, of course, we always hear the main parts of the speech in the tail end of the speech, do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube. I'm sure it is there. And listen to the speech. Uh, definitely something needed even for times like now. Uh, but with that said, uh, moving on to the other part of the Almanac, as I said, today is August 26th. And today it brings us to uh, National Dog Day. I've seen a lot of people uh, sharing their photos on social media. It is also National Cherry Popsicle Day, National Got Check Day. Uh, as I said last week, it is National Web Mistress Day. It is also National Women's Equality <laughs> Day. <laughs> Tomorrow, it is National Pots de Creme Day, or Pots de Creme, if you want to pronounce it that way. And it is also National Just Because Day. Why? Just because. Just because. <laughs> Just because. I will probably explain it for you all, but... Uh, it offers up an opportunity to do stuff just because. So feel free to celebrate uh, the day any way that you choose, just because. So uh, perhaps you would like to pay the tab for the table next to you at your favorite restaurant. Do it, just because. You maybe want to sing really loud when you're in your car by yourself with your windows rolled down. Do it, just because. Uh, you could surprise someone with flowers, maybe even a phone call. Do it, just because. So that is tomorrow. Uh, and then on Sunday, uh, it is Rainbow Bridge Remembrance Day on Sunday. Um, also, it is National Thoughtful Day, National Red Wine Day. It is National Cherry Turnovers Day. That does not sound appealing at all. Uh, National Power Rangers Day. And it is National Bowtie Day. And if you know me, you know that in recent years I have gone from ties to bow ties. It is actually one of my favorite uh, looks now is with bow ties. Um, and did you know, according to this, the Croatian mercenaries during the Prussian Wars of the 17th century were the originators of the bow tie. The bow tie consisted of a scarf around the neck to hold together the opening of their shirts using the name cravat which derived from the French for croat, the upper classes in France soon adopted the idea. Uh, some recognizable names from history and fiction who have worn bow ties, Winston Churchill, James Bond, uh, Groucho Marx, Orville Redenbacher, uh, Bill Nye, Indiana Jones, Donald Duck, uh, Les Nessman, Jerry Lewis, and of course with bow tie, uh, it continues today. I'm surprised they did not Charles Osgood, who pretty much is the uh, preeminent journalist to have a bow tie. Um, and then here locally in Chicago, that was Fahey Flynn, uh, but not a lot of people wear it anymore in the news. So, um, And then the 29th, which is, you know, one of these things is that <laughs> I feel like I need a calendar in front of me. Uh, 
<laughs> the 29th, which is uh, Monday. Monday. Uh, because it doesn't, yes, <laughs> it is, uh, it's that when you got to like pull up your iPad to like actually pull up the uh, calendar here. But Monday is National Lemon Juice Day. It is also National Chop Suey Day. And it is also, according to Hoyle Day, on August 29th. Oh, okay. Uh, you and I are both wondering what that is, and I am going to actually tell you. Um, according to Hoyle Day, it encourages individuals to honor the rules and regulations in particular situations. It's also a day to pay tribute to a man by the name of Edmund Hoyle, an Englishman who was thought to be the first technical writer on card games. Uh, he was born in 1672, hmm. and at the age of 69, he began teaching a card game called Whist, to wealthy high society members in London. Whist is a game that is played by two teams of two players and requires logical skills along with skills in mathematics. The card game was especially popular in the 18th and 19th centuries. Many people in the U.S. and all over the world still play Whist, and along with playing and teaching the game, he wrote a manuscript on the subject. He sold his manuscript to uh, his card-playing students and later published his manuscript under, under the title A Short Treese on the Game of Whist. The rules of the card game were regarded as authoritative until 1864 when new rules were established. So, um, But he also wrote about the laws and strategies of hundreds of games, including chess and backgammon. So you can huh. thank him. Have you ever played backgammon? For, no, I have not. Never played it. You say that like you want to. <laughs> I, you know, here's, here's the thing. I'm game to doing that stuff if there's somebody there that is going to be patient with me and actually teach me because I don't want to be that person that is trying to learn on the fly when they're like more professional players like sitting. It's kind of like when we went to the casino and I was trying to learn, what was that game? Um, Blackjack. Oh, man, I'm trying no, not blackjack. It was a specific, not oh. blackjack, but it was another one. Uh, Pi Gal. The other one. Pi Gal, I don't yeah. want, yeah, I don't want to be the person that's kind of like, I would much rather be nobody over there. And I'm probably like one or two people and somebody else is there and they're just learning too. And we'll learn along the way because I feel like if I'm there, I'm probably going to drive somebody nuts that's like a long time like player. And they're going to be like, no, no, no. Um, and I don't want to disrupt the game. So I guess, you know, the good thing about technology now is that there are a lot of computer games in which you can learn it and learn your craft and skill. But yeah, backgammon, I don't, I'm, I'm intrigued, but, um, yeah, maybe one day. (laughs) (laughs) Someday. (laughs) Yes. One day. Um, August 30th brings us National Beach Day. It's also National Grief Awareness Day and National Toasted Marshmallow Day. And then on August 31st, on Wednesday, it is National (laughs) – I am so going to hate this because I'm going to pronounce this very, very wrong. I think it is National Diatomaceous. Earth Day, 
Correct me if I'm wrong. Diatomaceous. Diatomaceous. So I am correct, my sister. Very close, my, very, very, my, very close, yep. Yeah, my, my Chicago accent did not uh, fail me. Uh, that is on August 31st. Uh, it is also National Eat Outside Day on that day. Uh, National South Carolina Day. It is National Trail Mix Day. Mm, love a good trail mix. And it's National Matchmaker Day, um, which is very interesting. Uh, it honors those romantics whose dauntless pursuit of perfect purchase for Cupid's arrow results in lasting love stories. Uh, playing matchmaker, of course, requires a bit of social savvy. It also requires the ability to listen and timing. Uh, and they know each friend's habits, good and bad, passions and hobbies. Have you uh, ever tried to uh, become a matchmaker for anyone? Uh, no. I stay out of matchmaking because I will F it up, like 100% F it up. I think you guys would be great together because I think you're both great, and together I think it would be amazing. And then they get together, and it's like oil and water. They just don't mix. Yeah. So, no, I, I – nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I've, I've started the matchmaking process but then never continued on. Like, I brought them – like, hey, come and meet my friend. And, okay, hey, come and meet my friend. And not like, hey, these guys would be good together. Just like, put them in – kind of stuck them in a room with the rest of us. Yeah. And they'd be in, like, completely different corners. Like, just have you, have you talked to that person? It's so awful. So, yeah. That's yeah. a lot of stress. As soon as That's it hits that stress. part, I'm like, nope. Yeah, no, I would if never want to do that. Because... <laughs> oh, yeah, if they fail, yeah, if it fails, you know that they're probably not going to talk to you, too. <laughs> so <laughs> you run a huge risk. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's almost, it, it's almost like, uh, what's the word I want to use here? It's almost like being a uh, reference for someone. Um, Mm -hmm. And when you put that out there, especially with that, and it does not go well, uh, yeah, that that could burn pretty badly, (laughs) crash and burn very badly. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that if you're going to do that, you do that with people who, uh, you know, you just do it nonchalantly and not like you're trying to. Uh, yeah. Uh, September 1st, which is on Thursday, brings us National Hotel Employee Day. Uh, it is also National Acne Positivity Day, National Burnt Ends Day, National Chicken Boys Day, and National No Rhyme Nor Reason Day. Uh, it almost sounds like Just Because Day, but uh, <laughs> same thing. Uh, September 2nd, it's National Blueberry Popsicle Day, National VJ Day, uh, National Chianti Day, uh, <laughs> National College Colors <laughs> Day is the Friday before Labor Day, uh, National Food Bank Day, it's the first Friday in September, and also the first Friday in September brings us National Lazy Moms Day. Yes! Or you have an excuse to be lazy. <laughs> ah, forget an excuse. Yeah. I don't need an excuse. I will be lazy anyway. <laughs> and then uh, 
And then September 3rd, that Saturday, brings us National Welsh Rarebit Day, uh, U.S. Bowling League Day, National Tailgating Day, the first Saturday in September, National Tailgating Day. And it is also World Beard Day. Are you um, a fan? I don't like growing mine out. No, I wasn't going there. Uh, But no, I know some ladies, like, it's either or. And either some ladies love guys with the beard, some ladies like a clean shaven guy. Um, I think we've discussed this before. I I distinctly remember having a conversation rotating around beards with you. I can't remember if we were on the show or not. (laughs) It could have been. But I I like beards on men that look good in beards. And then I like clean-shaven look on men that look good clean-shaven. However, I do not like Beards on guys that should not have beards. Y'all can't grow facial hair? Shave it off. There's also people out there that when they shave their beard, they look like... Weird. They look weird. They look like a child. They look like that baby that's on the sunscreen with the, with the dog on the on their um, bathing suit. I mean, it's, it's so bad. I know that I shouldn't say that. But there are some people that when the, I've seen this, this has happened recently, someone shaved off their beard, and I saw them after they had shaved it off. And they shaved it off for a very legitimate reason. But then when they shaved it off, I looked at them like, do not do that ever again. Please, please. <laughs> that, is, that is, no. That's a big fat no. Like, if you do, don't come out of your house for a couple of days and let it grow back in. Okay, get stuffy again. Um, so there are people out there that have to have a beard. I don't want to put you on the spot. I, I, but I was going to okay. say best celeb, best celeb, or somebody with a beard that you really like. Oh gosh, you are putting me on the spot. Good beard. <laughs> Who has really good beard? I know a few people that I want to like. You look good in a beard. <laughs> mm, I'll have to think about that one. <laughs> I'll have to think about that one because there's some people that look good in a beard, and then there's some people that absolutely do not. And I'm glad they don't do roles with beards. Like, <laughs> Han, uh, I was going to say Han Solo, but what's his name? Harrison Ford. My brain just stopped. Harrison Ford. Ugh. No. I thought you were going to go like with Mark Hamill. Like, maybe Scruff is fine, but... <laughs> like, if Mark Hamill shaves his stuff now, it's going to look weird. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He'll look funky. He will look funky. <laughs> you know who else looks really good in a beard is um, Jamie Dornan. He looks good in a beard. Shaved off? Yeah, it's all right. But, ooh, put the beard on. It's like, hi, man. How are you? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Best beard, though. That's a tough one. Hmm. There's some good beers well, you out can there. Pick 
<laughs> you can think about that one. National Beer Day is coming up. Uh, and then, like I said, uh, I gave you that first few days of September, and we'll give you the uh, one for September 4th when we see you. I'm thinking real quick, uh, September 4th is also a special day in television history, and if you know me, I am a huge game show fanatic. So when we join you uh, a couple of Sundays from now, uh, September 4th marks the exact day, 50 years on that day, that The Price is Right with Bob Barker debuted on CBS. So next Sunday, uh, two Sundays from now, um, we will have a few cool things coming up on that show. Uh, we'll have a uh, few things with the retro moment of the week. Um, and then we bring back the top five. This gives you something to think about between now and then. Top five prices Right games of all time, which should already be a very interesting list. There's a lot of them. You will find out on that day which ones rank for us. <laughs> so uh, you start your list at home. We'll have our list. And, yeah, Sunday, September 4th, Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. Uh, but before we go to the retro moment, speaking of that, we want to get to the first topic of the night. Um, and I read this article actually last week, but it is not happening yet, but it is hearsay, but it makes one stop and take pause because uh, this was from ESPN. It said that the college football playoff board discusses possibility and the potential of restructuring how college football is governed and that the 11 college presidents and chancellors who make up the college football playoffs board of managers, uh, they met via Zoom and began a discussion that could reshape the future of college sports. Multiple sources told ESPN that the board of managers briefly discussed the possibility of, of the idea presented by major college football potentially being governed outside of the NCAA the most logical place for the sport to be run outside of the NCAA would be under the auspices of the college football playoff, which was discussed in the call. Now, the CFP currently oversees the postseason playoff and has contractual ties to other marquee postseason bowl games. Sources caution that these discussions are in such early stages that it could be considered the first steps of a complicated process that would resemble a marathon and the sources uh, added that the group spoke about the idea for only about five minutes as it was raised as something that the group should think more about down the line. Now, the conversation is significant, however, and it's the first known discussion among a group that would seemingly have the power to put such a plan in action. And the CFP looms as the most likely destination for running major college football outside of the NCAA. And no action is uh, imminent or known uh, next steps or plan, uh, but – the thing that would happen here, uh, and of course, this, uh, is that if that were to uh, occur, I mean, we I think one of the things that you and I discussed, um, because we don't, I mean, it would, of course, change to also uh, possibly how the college football playoff would look like. Um, and, you know, if you're going to also get it in the hands of a power that, is 
I mean, I don't want to sound like it is, but I mean, the CFP, I would think in a way, uh, is money based. <laughs> um, they care about the big dollars and how it uh, it, it fits the bottom line. Uh, it would, like I said, be probably something of an expansion of the playoff uh, and some other things. But I don't know. I mean, it ain't great now. Because <laughs> NILs is that they were getting a little bit out of hand, which is what I predicted about a year ago. Um, when you, I mean, I know college players give them their money. I still kind of felt that there probably should have been some type of potential cap, maybe on said money. But when you're giving people eight million dollars or twenty million dollars, stuff that pros earn you now become kind of a glorified minor league. And that's where it seems like it's heading. Should it stay under the NCAA? Because this is what it was. It's college sports, which is NCAA. Why would you give it to an entity that is more so known for a college football playoff that at times has left out the little guy and has gone with more of the big names ad nauseum and really is probably going to even I think if it was 12 they probably would push some little guy out because he's not a big drawing school and then you're going to have issues with people who trust the you know the rankings because what happens if you have say um, an NIU who could return to some type of, you know, uh, dominance within the MAC, and if they finish with a close to perfect record, and you have an eight or twelve team playoff, and say if you have a good Texas team that's sitting there at eight and two, are you going to put that Texas team ahead of that MAC team? There's so many questions I, I have to this. Yeah, but you know that that's what they're going to do. And then they'll come up with the excuse that, you know, Texas had to play, quote, a tougher schedule or had to do this when we know doggone well it's about the ratings and the draw and the money. I wouldn't trust it. I don't even trust it now in a handful of <laughs> Exactly. I was going to say, you and I have the same opinion about this. If they want to set up a farm league, basically, a farm uh, a a minor league for the NFL. Just set one up. Just set one up. Just be done with it. You know? Call it whatever you want to call it. Um, and then reduce reduce the college team. The problem, or the problem is that college football, along with college basketball, are big money makers for schools. They are not, and some of these big schools bring in lots of money, hand over fist, sponsors, alumni associations, uh, advertisers, just apparel. Trust me, I know. I am one of the people that are that are feeding this beast. I have room that I can decorate from top to bottom with Michigan gear all over the place. 
and you think think of something, I probably got it. A, a Michigan bell, I have it. You want like a, a plate that commemorates something for Michigan, I've got it. Like people, when they don't know what to get me, get me something with a big M on it. <laughs> and I'm not against it, so I'm not going to say that stop doing it. So if you're planning on getting me a gift, whoever you are out there, by all means, Michigan gear, I will take. Um, but no, I'm feeding that beast. I know I am. But that's the, that's the problem that they're they're coming up against is that they're trying to shift. I don't know. I, there are so many opinions swirling around in my brain. The first thing that goes through my head, though, is, like, get your house in order before you start trying to take on bigger projects. So until they can get a playoff system that actually makes sense, don't be taking my Michigan away from me. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that uh, anyone is going to be taking your Michigan away from you. Um, not anytime soon. And interesting. No, not not anytime soon. Um, but I know that college football is coming up as soon as this weekend. Um, so quite a few things. I mean, it is kicking off. I think they call this week zero uh, for college football. Um, I know there is. I think I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a couple of games. I know Nebraska plays. Northwestern, and I think that is over in Ireland. Uh, and then I do believe uh, UConn is playing at uh, Utah State. And um, Wyoming's at Illinois, Charlotte's at FAU. I think we also see UTEP playing in, uh, this weekend in Nevada at New Mexico State. So there's quite a few games uh, in Vanderbilt and Hawaii. I think it's called Week Zero, which is uh, – I'm more interested in Nebraska, probably Northwestern game than anything else. But um, that, of course, is on Saturday. So, yeah, I'm kind of excited, though. I mean, but I, I don't know, you know, the long-term prospects. And you raise an interesting point because I, it, it's so many different roads to this because you say minor league, but here's the thing. Um you do this minor league, do you include uh, – so what happens, quote, with college football? You know, the whole thing, you know, if you're going to go minor league, who plays now in college football while well, these guys who are supposedly next level play in that league and are getting paid? Do, do you separate it from the people who are getting these huge deals, you know, before the pros, or do you – I don't know. It's kind of like they're going to have to coexist. You can't really put it as a minor league and then have that and then have college. You know, it only works, I think, with well, probably, uh, well, even there with baseball, you get drafted out of high school, you go straight to college. <laughs> you're playing college. Or, you know, you're playing down in the minor league system. But it's, you know, there's really no in, big in between. There's no college, you know, or like hockey, you've got like, you know, these. Euro leagues and other leagues that people are playing in, or you know AHL, but I don't know college football. Football in general, it really is no. You go college to pro. There is no minor. <laughs> the next step up is pro. I, well, I don't maybe know we should have a minor league team. I really don't know if that will. 
really don't know how you would work that though. It's kind of you know at so who plays in this minor league and how do you determine that? Is it a player that plays for a year in college on an NIL deal and then goes to a minor league because at that point they're going to be ready to play in the pros. So now you have it as to where it's almost like it's any minor league almost would be kind of like it would just be for the benefit of people who want to quote make sure that nobody's complaining about somebody leaving school after a year who isn't ready, but I don't know. It really is. I have a feeling that it's going to reach ahead. I don't know when. And like I said, it's in the beginning stages. It's not like there's going to be a stage where this is going to happen next year, year after next. If they rushed along, it's going to be down the line, but I think that they're going to have a lot of other things in place before they do anything big with how college football is run. I do know this. You need kind of an expansion of the playoffs. Yeah. I've always said that I think that you should, if you want to be traditional and keep your bowl games, you can still do that. Um, but what you would do is that for those, and I hate to say this, but for those eight teams who are, quote, uh, championship eligible, um, what would happen is that after, quote, your last games or whatever, and I know, God, this sounds so bad, of having them play, quote, a football playoff. And, of course, they're going to be playing probably two to three games more than somebody else is, unfortunately. And then when it gets down to that final four, then that's when you slot them into, you know, those bowl games. And then you have your college football title game. Now, that would put you almost probably at mid-January, end of January, but I don't, yeah. I, do uh, mine like is similar but different. Uh, like this game zero basically would be your only non-conference game. All of your rest of your games would be conference games. Sorry, Notre Dame, you'd have to figure out how to make that work, possibly, you know, join a conference. <laughs> um, sorry. You're gonna have those people nope. that can that they would love to see. But you're but you're gonna but you know and I know that you're gonna have those people that are gonna wanna see you know, you don't wanna play your conference the entire year like they did a few years ago almost to that point. Because you Well no, what I'm thinking is if you play just your conference games and that shortens the season, the regular season, then you can do your conference championship. So every conference has a champion. Those champions, all of those conferences, we go through your bowl game, or not your bowl games, but your championship bracket to get to the final NCAA championship game. And then that should time out to be, it might still be a week in past the January 1st, but you can still time it out. It'd be beginning of the January, if I remember correctly, because I think there's two that would drop at two weeks. Yeah. Two usually non-conference games. Right. Doing that math right? <laughs> I say we just go back. 
I, I say we just go back to the old days of the UPI and the AP schedules and we'll argue with that from there. <laughs> We're just going to have one big argument all over again where we have the potential two national title winners out of both uh, polls, and then we'll just we'll battle it to the death. If we get to when we get to the end of the year, and there is one AP and one UPI, they play each other in one extra game, and then at that point you slug it out. And if you if there is a unanimous one, then there's no need for it. You're the you're the undisputed champ. <laughs> you got it from there. You go back old school. There we go. And then you play in the eleven. <laughs> yes, yeah. old school is the best we'll, school. We'll call it for good. It's just one big cluster fudge, and and I don't know if there is a perfect way to one oversee it because it's gotten so big, and there's so much money involved for the schools and for the athletes now. And so many people have their hand in the pot. I don't know if there is any perfect way to probably run this now without – I mean, you're not going to make everybody happy. If you expand it out to eight, people are going to complain. If you expand it out to 12, people are going to say, well, so-and-so would have won that title if it hadn't have been for that 12 team that got hot and it shouldn't have been in there in the first place. Or it could have been that team that had a 12-0 and record that lost to a team that was 9-3. and And, yeah. It's, it's so game, much yeah. stuff that I can Right. Or, you know, uh, they played too many games. And if they had played just the one more, the two more, if they should have played, this wouldn't have happened, especially if a catastrophic injury occurs. Because then they're going to say, hey, you know, how did these kids get, you know, they were supposed to be going into the draft, uh, and if he hadn't had to play that extra one game or two games, this wouldn't have happened. There's, there's so much stuff that people have to hammer out. I think it will take quite some time. Will it happen within the next year or two? Eh, I'd be shocked. Uh, if it does not, you know, if it does, good for them. But I know one thing is clear. We will probably all, in some weird way, be watching college football when it occurs, and we'll all still be having the same arguments that we had now as we did back in the nineties. So, um, <laughs> retro moment of the week is next. Uh, but before we do that, I wanted to remind you all uh, again of page one not being here next Sunday night. Uh, not, so sorry, next Friday night, September uh, second. Yes. Uh, we will be joining you on Sunday night, September 4th at 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. Uh, two shows that week. Uh, we will be on Sunday, and then we'll be back on our regularly scheduled time on that following Friday. Uh, so just not next Friday. And then uh, we'll join you two times the week of Labor Day. So, um, man. <laughs> uh that now has me going to work on what we're going to do. But I can tell you top five Sunday night on the 4th and then uh, yay or nay and um, a couple other surprises on the Friday night show. So, But Retro Moment of the Week is next. But when we come back, I wanted to talk about uh, something that Airbnb is doing 
And then um, something that happened or occurred uh, with a Tesla owner that had a lot of people a little surprised at the response from Elon Musk. And then uh, I left this off because I did not tell Mary exactly what we were going to do, but I only have one yay or nay tonight. Um, It is a very interesting one. It is one in which you will not want to miss. (laughs) But what I can tell you is that when I do it, it will make you kind of think about, well, well, you'll have to hear it in order to believe it. Uh, let's just say that in this world, there is nothing that can't be recycled, reused, but uh, you'll think twice about certain things after this. So Retro Moment of the Week is next. We will be back with more page one here on Blog Talk Radio. Draw on the artist's imagination to show you a ludicrous situation. Two cars like this upon the street. She parked, but look at that fender pleat. She should have known when you're out to shop, 7-Eleven's the place to stop. Just drive right in and come as you are. We'll come out and serve you in your car. Yes, you get quick, convenient curb service at the 7-Eleven dairy stores. Your complete grocery list filled in a jiffy. Next time, don't worry about parking. Drive in at a handy 7-Eleven. Service as you like it, at the curb or in the store, at 7-Eleven. Seven days a week, we open up at 7. And seven days a week, we're open till 11. From 7. To 11. From 7. To 11. We got ice. Drink. Milk. Cheese. Meat. Fish. Bread. Tea. We got soup and nuts. That's why we sing. 7-Eleven's got everything. Presenting the very glamorous singing star, Miss Peggy Lee. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello is the shampoo that glorifies your hair. So hello, everybody. Hello. For softer, lively curls and brighter, sparkling hair. Hello means natural beauty. The first time that you use it, you need no special rinsing. I can use it every day. Halo really glorifies my hair with brighter sparkles, springier curls, and longer-lasting sets. Halo really leaves my hair easy to manage. Whether your hair is normal, oily, or dry, Halo is the shampoo that glorifies your hair. You're listening to Page One, Page One, with Lavar and Mary, your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's Lavar and Mary. And welcome back to page one for this Friday night. 
uh, Laura Mary, and that is one of the earliest 7-Eleven commercials. I don't know if they were right on the year. It said about 1950, I believe, but I I, I, I need to do a little bit more uh, research into that. But um, I did not notice you could drive up to your local 7-Eleven and uh, they would just bring stuff out for you. But I'm a little surprised, though, that the – well – Tomorrow, even though they haven't said a lot about it, if you go to your local 7-Eleven, uh, you can fill up your Slurpee uh, cup or dispensary or whatever you want to bring uh, because you don't need to use their cup. Uh, you can bring in uh, whatever size uh, drinking utensil that you want to potentially use. Uh, it is said that if it fits, uh, I know with some places, if it fits in the little cutout that they have, you can fill it up with slurping. So it's now got me wondering uh, what I exactly want to use tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I should take in a uh, a gallon like jug, but I think I am out. Um, I've got to find something tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> but see what's going through yeah. my head is if it fits it sits and that's a that's a cat thing <laughs> yeah depending on what you want to bring in tomorrow um, yeah that's going to be very interesting some people will probably want to bring in like, like I said I think I have like a huge giant uh, igloo container that's a lot of slurpy. <laughs> um, I was watching a video. Uh, there's a gentleman who is, and I'm going to get this so wrong, uh, and forgive me, but he is based out of Canada, and he does a lot of uh, eating in his car. Uh, he will, you know, do some camping at certain spots and eat there for 24 hours. And he did one where he went and got like a huge icy, but I think it was like a cinnamon type one, which is the grossest thing ever. Because I've tried something like that once. I went, I went and got what I thought was cherry, and I think they like either labeled it wrong, or they didn't clean out the machine properly because it still had like this like fire cherry uh, flavor to it. And I could only take a sip before I was like done. It tasted like dentine, and <laughs> if you remember the taste of dead tea and you put it in a liquid icy form, you can only stand so much. And I think he sipped a couple of the slips and he was like, I can't do it. <laughs> and I was like, serves you right. Because if you don't get Coke or if you don't get cherry or some other type of like palatable fa- uh, flavor, you're on your own. So, yeah. Um, but it is something when we travel and airbnb i've never done one uh i know that you have done one um Mm -hmm. airbnb is now rolling out an anti-party technology in the u.s and canada and the short-term rental platform has been under pressure to clamp down on parties since 2019 when a halloween house party in a san francisco suburb and it was five people dead in a shooting. And they said that they will use new methods 
to spot and block people who try to use the short-term rental service to throw a party. The company said Tuesday it's introduced, quote, anti-party technology that examines uh, uh, the would-be renter's history on Airbnb, how far they live from the home that they want to rent, whether they're renting for a weekday or a weekend, and other factors. Airbnb said the uh, screening system that it's rolling out for uh, listings in the U.S. and Canada has been tested since last October in parts of Australia, where it produced a 35% drop in unauthorized parties. And I (laughs) – now, they also kind of said within this is that uh, the technology is designed to prevent a customer's request for a reservation from ever reaching uh, the host of the property involved. And they said that people blocked from renting an entire home might be able to book a single room because the host is more likely to be around. Um, when they announced the worldwide party ban on at, at its listings and banned people under 25 from renting an entire house near their home unless they had a, a record of positive reviews on the site, uh, it was initially cast as a temporary health measure during the pandemic, but was made permanent in June. Um, so, I mean, it's not really a technology. <laughs> Nothing cutting edge or breaking. It sounds more like an assumption. And I was like, I don't know about this. I mean, granted, 35% drop. You'll look at those numbers. You'll look at, you know, you'll say, well, we haven't had anything like San Francisco since then. I don't think it'll work. I really don't. Why not? And then, well, here's the thing. What's going to stop some 40-year-old from renting the house and then letting their 21-year-old have control of it? Good question. Good question. Issue with that. (laughs) You usually have to, normally, you have to... Um, check in with either a host or like the host themselves or they have a specific, like most of the check-in policies, you actually have to come in and grab the, grab the key from them. Um, if okay. it's a non, okay. like I, you can get the key, it's like you can get the key without having to meet the host. You still have to sign off on it basically. But they, but some people do it. You and I both know that there are parents out there like that who will be like, screw that. There's a way around it. I'll sign off on it, and then they'll sign off on it. And then you could have potentially an issue, but, of course, they will be responsible. But it's not going to really slow it down to a complete grind or a halt because you could have mm-hmm. some of those parents, like you said, you know, or sometimes a young parent who could be 37 and have a 17-year-old and be like, hey, man, I'll go ahead and I'll get it for you. Just don't go too wild. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to stop it because it could be like, I'll show up, I'll get it, and I'll stay at uh, somewhere else down the way. It, it, it's not, you know, to me. Well, yeah, there's no, there's, I mean, people will find a way. They always do. Like, if you're going to throw a party, you're going to find a way to throw a party. Way back when, in the middle of nowhere, we didn't have Airbnbs. We didn't rent a house. We went out into a cornfield and started bonfire and then hoped that the farmer didn't notice. Like, <laughs> people, kids will find a way. Like, 
and I'm not. I'm saying anybody under the age of thirty will find a way. If you're gonna have a party, you're gonna have a party. They'll rent a hotel room. They'll they'll trash the hotel room. Like it, it's whatever the case may be. Will it deter it? Some of it, yes. Some of it will get deterred. But I don't know that it's a big enough measure. I don't know if it's if it's gonna stop enough people. Yeah. Whatever happened to the good old it's days? Like somebody, just a it's hotel. like somebody setting fire to something, and then they're like, "Oh, I'll, like they have a candle," and they're like, "Yeah, we have to blow out the candle." Instead of actually blowing out the candle, they wave their hand at it, and it might turn off the flame. Hmm. That's basically what they're doing. They're waving the hand at the candle. They're making an effort, the most minimal effort they could possibly make. Hmm. Yep. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I, I don't know. It, it, it's and plus two. You know, if you're, I feel bad for anybody that is a responsible twenty-five-year-old who's looking to rent, and they might like have some out-of-town guests, and their place might be crap, and they might say, "Hey, I just want to go and rent a nearby Airbnb," you know, within the next city or town over, and have family members over, and we'll have a cookout and enjoy and somebody's going to think that they're going to throw a huge tiger. <laughs> it's like you're kind of assuming, you know, now I understand if there was like any type of negative reviews, then yeah, you don't want to rent to that person again, or you put them under some type of, you know, thing where they have a small apartment instead of a house and you put them on a six month, you know, uh, suspension of renting houses, especially if something happened. But unfortunately, with a service like this, you're kind of almost going to alienate the good people if you be like, ah, they're 25, and uh, they might have a party. And this is about 30 miles from your house. No, we don't want to give you a house. <laughs> I don't know. It, it just yeah, it I mean, leaks. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> it, it leaks too much of an assumption. And for the people who are trying to uh, actually do something, you know, what do you want? A written statement as to why I'm renting an Airbnb, you know, 25 miles from my house? You know, <laughs> what else do you want? Seems like too much of a hassle. But, yeah. Don't know Airbnb. Good luck <laughs> with that one. <laughs> so, Anyway. Uh, that leads us to uh, what is trending on Twitter tonight. And um, WWE SmackDown is trending. Uh, also um, trending tonight is uh, On Patrol Live, which is formerly uh, Live PD uh, Friday night. So, of course, that's trending. AW Rampage is trending. Um, and then... Also uh, trending tonight, um, if you are a soccer fan, um, LAFC is things, I guess, uh, are getting a little chippy in this game between Austin FC and LAFC. (laughs) Uh, And I was looking at the video just now, and that looked like somebody was pulling a – like, you know how somebody just comes up and, like, taps you and then you fall to the ground – like you just like you acting like you just got punched in the gut. <laughs> that happens a lot. So the overacting, yeah. yeah. Like come on. Yeah. 
<laughs> that is that happens yeah. a lot. Uh, it really does happen a lot. That, that's bad. Um, <laughs> uh, some football is trending tonight as well. Uh, if you are looking at it as well as baseball, so it, it pretty much is all that's really trending tonight. There's nothing that's really um, out there or important or. Uh, anything of note on this Friday night, which is actually a good thing because normally it seems when we get to Friday night, uh, there are a lot of uh, stories. I do know earlier today, if you were watching along, the Dow Jones was trending for a little bit as the Dow Jones Industrial Average marked its biggest pullback in more than three months of stocks sold off sharply after the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell warned of the pain to come as the Fed works to bring inflation back to its 2% target. Uh, not a good day um, for the market. But then again, when you have the – this is the one thing. And I was like, people have to understand, when you have the Fed chairman coming out and saying you know, particular things, of course, the market is going to kind of go in a little bit of a free fall. <laughs> um, and then by next week, everybody forgets about it. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that is what is going on. Um, and then cryptocurrency was also trending, um, as, um, they were, there was a lot of different, uh, articles coming out today about crypto and its safety and, uh, how some other ones are trying to change the face of crypto. It's so many different things. I'm still kind of on the fence about that. Um, I don't know, and I want anybody out there that is a cryptocurrency like, I guess, expert to explain to me why I should put a portion of my money into something that no one could really see or knows or <laughs> it's. I don't know. The way I Am ask I it is, why would I put real money into something that's fake? I don't know. And it's, you know, I see a lot of people who are still trying to, you know, convince everyone of this. And the only type of cryptocurrency that I knew about back then, what's that long-standing one that's been around for like 20 years or so? It's been, uh, uh, you Bitcoin. know. Bitcoin. Bitcoin, yeah. It's the only one I know of, and, and it's been around for a minute. But all these other fly-by-night ones that pop up, I have no idea who these companies are or what they do or who's in charge of them because you don't know. So, I mean, I might as well just go uh, put some money in an envelope on the street, uh, mark it for somebody and tell them, hey, go buy me some lottery tickets. I'm going to entrust that you're going to, and I'm also going to entrust you're going to invest my money or keep it tight for me. I'll come back to this street corner and ask for it, and hopefully it will be there. I mean, that's pretty much what I'm thinking right now. I, I, maybe one of these days we will have a cryptocurrency expert on here that can explain it. I, I really would like to know. I'm still kind of – and I'm not coming at it from a standpoint of bashing it. I, it just – it sounds – with all of the ups and downs of cryptocurrency and, and what you've seen in the last few months of where – you know, certain things that were sure lock are not now or things that, you know, are went up, just plunge. And, 
you know, are people not able to, you know, they put a freeze on your money. That's scary. And, you know, for somebody to put a freeze on your money and you not able to get it. Some mm-hmm. some people put their life savings to this stuff. So I don't know. It's, it's somebody explain that to me. But um, speaking of uh, entrusting people, uh, there was an interesting note for the Business Insider where Elon Musk scolded a Tesla driver for pointing out a flaw in the one hundred ninety nine dollar a month full self driving subscription uh, after repeatedly calling for, uh, for negative feedback. So. Uh, what kind of happened is that he chastised the driver for pointing out the issue. Um, the CEO told the Tesla owner, James Locke, to stop complaining after Locke, who's a software CEO based out of California, posted videos on Twitter showing instances where uh, the FSD struggled with right turns and lane changes. And he said 10.69 is in limited release for a reason. Uh, regarding the latest FSD update, which was rolled out earlier this week. Please do not ask to be included in early beta releases and then complain. And on Sunday, Musk said that Tesla is raising the price for the optional FSD feature to $15,000 in North America. The software can also be bought as a $199 a month subscription. Uh, And Locke said on Twitter earlier this week that he spent over $32,000 on Tesla's FSD, and now pays $199 a month for the feature. Uh, he did not respond to a request for comment from the Business Insider ahead of publication, but in his post, he acknowledged that his feedback is probably not a popular opinion and said that the software still, quote, has lots of work to go. Uh, FSD is not a fully autonomous system. Tesla has told drivers that the system does not replace the licensed driver and instructs them to keep their hands on the wheel and be prepared to take over when the system is running. The add-on enables uh, Teslas to automatically change lanes, enter and exit highways, recognize stop signs and traffic lights, and park. The software is in a beta testing mode and has over 100,000 subscribers whom Tesla can use to test the software in real time and allow the system's AI to learn from experienced drivers. Uh, Locke, who is the founding president of the Tesla Owners Clubs in Vancouver Island and uh, Santa Clarita Valley, promptly apologized after Musk scolded him for critiquing the software. Uh, the Tesla driver has a YouTube channel where he shares videos testing FSD. But in the past, Musk has appeared to welcome criticism of the software, even tweeting in March, especially seek negative feedback and a threat about success. Locke's comments came after FSD has faced a slew of criticism. Earlier this month, the California tech CEO uh, started an ad campaign showing a car said to be running the software, crashing into a child-sized mannequin. The video quickly sparked backlash and copycat tests attempting to disprove it. And in August, the California Department of Motor Vehicles accused Tesla of misleading drivers regarding the capabilities of the technology. Meanwhile, the U.S. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration has launched a series of investigations into whether Tesla's autopilot system was involved in several crashes. So, uh, by the way, one quick note. Uh, Until last fall, Tesla required FSD beta testers to fill out non-disclosure agreements. And at the time, Musk joked that the Tesla drivers, quote, don't seem to listen to me because they share lots of videos showcasing the tech. Um, When the story occurred, 
there were a lot of people who had said that, um, you know, for someone that is paying 199 bucks a month, they should be able to say whatever they want without facing some type of backlash. Almost $15,000. That's insane. That's crazy. I don't even know in this current age of vehicles and all the bells and whistles if I want to be paying anything additional on top of an already expensive vehicle. But Well, yeah. I mean, think about it. Uh, an expensive vehicle plus another $200 a month plus your insurance. I mean, you're spending another almost $2,500 a year just to be part of that service. Mm-hmm. That's a nice vacation. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a pretty nice vacation. For me to have to still nice. hold on to the wheels. Like, if I'm paying $2,500, the car better drive. Like, I know it says that you can, <laughs> it does, but, I mean, it better. Like, I'm using it. It's going to get used. Which is why I don't have a Tesla, because I would run into the kid probably. I know that's a mean thing to say, but I mean, <laughs> I'd be no. the person on the freeway between my house and and San Diego, where I just set the cruise and the autonomous feature and fall asleep. That would be me. <laughs> and meanwhile, you'll wake up here. <laughs> Yes, not a good sound. Not a good sound to wake up to. <laughs> Running over people as you find yourself on a beach somewhere. <laughs> yes, nice. <laughs> oh man, yeah, not not a um, yeah. Full disclosure, though, I do not have a Tesla, so I am not running over anyone currently. No. No, currently. That way, none, nobody gets all up in arms about it. Right. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, uh, finally, uh, I did promise you the wonderful story about saving planet Earth. But uh, from the yay or nay files uh, comes this story. Uh, a little streetwear label. They've partnered with a giant in the adult toy industry to create a shoe derived in part from unused defective sex toys. I kid you not. Uh, there. <laughs> so to explain the story, uh, looking a lot like uh, Merrill's popular Hydro Mock, uh, mock or Yeezy's foam runners, Plastic sole is about 15% sex toy. The rest is non-bleach EVA, which is a petroleum-based foam that's difficult to recycle. The shoe is the brainchild of David uh, Tietelbaum, who is the founder of Rose and Good Faith, and Chad Braverman, the chief operating officer for Doc Johnson, the adult toy company his father founded in 1976. More than two years in the making, Plastic Soul has yet to create the buzz of a Yeezy or the kicks of other uh, titans in sneaker culture, and it doesn't particularly live up to its own marketing hype as a major sustainable option, but the two businessmen are proud nonetheless. Uh, he went on to say that, personally, I love shoes, so it was a cool product, a really interesting way to get Doc Johnson on board with something that I would never, ever do. Um, uh, Bomb is a collaboration king uh, with elevated uh, Ed Hardy, Little Peep, and Juice uh, World hoodies, T-shirts, and other merch under his belt. Before the pandemic, he was looking for something new, 
He met with an adult film company, which put him on to Dr. Braverman is sending a lot of sex toys to landfills and is able to reuse some of the base material from his manufacturing rejects, but he was happy to figure out what to do with the rest. He said he took on the shoe collaboration not as a garden variety publicity stunt, but to promote sex positivity through fashion and innovation. Uh, he says something like 28% of the sales are going to women, according to Teelbaum. He says, we're hitting an interesting narrative, and I think there's a deeper uh, connection. That's what she said. The shoes were introduced in white last month. were sold out in seconds phenom online or in several retail stores around the world. Next up is a black colorway. Uh, Braverman and Tito Bomber, uh, God, this, uh, this is what the article says. It says, they're grinding down the sex toy defects into millimeter-sized cubes of thermoplastic elastomer which is a mix, uh, a mix of rubber and plastic that lends itself to injection molding. That's how the $130 slip-on shoes are made. Titobaum, who designed the shoe, added a natural cork insole for extra support. Uh, he plastered L.A. with cheeky advertisements to start. To promote exclusivity, the two are making limited batches, but a rollout of more colors is planned. A month after introduction, uh, the first iteration of 1,600 pairs had yet to sell out. The online feedback has been mixed. He says, a lot of it has been, you look like Yeezy, go F yourself, he said. But we also get much love. (laughs) (laughs) And that is exactly what they look at. Um, So what say you to uh, using or buying a fashionable shoe that is made from defective sex toys? Okay. Two things right now. One, it's a little too expensive for me because I'm kind of a, like, when it comes down to shoes, like, I want quality shoes that will last me forever. And if it's defective in the department in which they were originally made, they might be those shoes. However, not opposed to the idea. Not opposed to the idea. And I also would be that weirdo person that'd be like, you know what my shoes are made out of? And then make that, you know, smile and nod and be like, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, this is a story we need to talk about. Absolutely. So if they could figure out a way to make it sound like it's not, like, (laughs) going to break down on me, I might get those shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Just for the sake of having uh, a topic to talk about, do you really want to know what they're making? You know, if it's good enough for for my feet, it's good enough for everything else. But do they come in a vibrating model? Uh, no, I don't believe it does. And I'm really glad that these shoes look like shoes and not something else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that it does not. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that there. <laughs> By the way, I know um, for all of you uh, who were awaiting its uh, comeback here, uh, McDonald's uh, is bringing back its cult favorite uh, Pokemon, Happy Meal. Um, they've introduced a new goal for those who feel like they've got to catch them all. Uh, the two brands have teamed up to introduce a Happy Meal featuring brand new TCG mat- match battle game items. Uh, the new Happy Meal match battle boxes, which are available in the U.S., U.K., and Canada through mid-September 2022, 
will offer Pokemon fans one more way to experience the Pokemon trading card game with Match Battle. Each box will contain all the essential elements for engaging in a match battle with friends and family, and that includes a four-card booster pack with one uh, foil card in every pack, an instruction sheet, a coin, a spinner, card box. Uh, you can find, of course, the Pokemon friends like Pikachu. <laughs> I'm going to pronounce the other two. Mary's going to laugh at me. I know where this is going to go. I know Pikachu. But there's also Rowlet and Grossifler. Oh, you were so close. You were so close. You got got Rowlet right. Gossifler. There you go. You got Rowlet right off the bat. So bravo. I give you I give you props. No, you know what? You know what happened, and I will I will blame this because uh, normally I can read this off of my additional screen that I have over here, but it went out. So I was looking at it on my phone, uh, barely without glasses, and what I thought I saw was something else, which is why that came out wrong. Um, but anyway, uh, that will be out, and uh, I guess in 2021 uh, it was a, it was a very successful thing, but. That is now out. So if you are a Pokemon fan, you can head to McDonald's, get that, and hopefully enjoy your meal. But with that, (laughs) the clock on the wall is telling us that it is just about time to go. Uh, Do you have any shout-outs? I don't currently. Um but, you know, happy birthday to anybody. I know, right? You would think I would, but I don't. Not today. It's so bad. <laughs> no, I'm August shocked. is a slow month for me. <laughs> yes, I, August, is, uh, August is kind of a slow month. Uh, not a lot of August babies, but I know that we are headed into, what is this? I'm going to get this so wrong. Is it Vir- Is it Virgo's? Uh, or, yeah, they're Virgos. Uh, no, I know somewhere somebody's yelling at me. It's Virgo. Um, which funny story, by the way. Um, uh, I forgot who the actress was, but um, maybe I can find it in time for next week. But there was a rumor going around that Jennifer Lopez uh, had auditioned dancers after they danced pretty much all day long. She came into the room and it asked if there were anyone in there that were Virgos. And when a few of the people had raised their hands, she was like, thank you for your time. Goodbye. <laughs> so that was the rumor about that. Uh, you could probably find it, I guess, if you look online, you can Google uh, Jennifer Lopez Virgos, and I'm pretty sure you'll find the story. But even then, now the story comes out. Uh, it was hearsay and secondhand knowledge from at least a few people who were in that room when that occurred. But then again, it made sense because someone said that Mark Anthony, who she was once married to, was a Virgo. So, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> I guess that's why she does not have a uh, – I don't – have you ever had – since we have a couple of minutes, but have you ever had – I know you. You don't probably go off of astrology. I really don't either. But have you ever, because of situations with people, had to kind of go off of that and then started to probably judge somebody based off of their uh, 
astrological sign. <laughs> you like judge people. Okay, so let's go back and judge people. No, no, no. judging by um, way of, I, I know you don't judge people. I'm just, I guess, from their <laughs> astrological Because once in a while, you know, you, we will okay. say, even though we all say we don't judge, we're probably going to judge it. We're judge somebody based off of something. Like you said earlier with beard. If somebody cut one, you know, we look at them, like, why'd you do that? Or why are you trying yeah, to Yeah, like, why'd one? you do that? Don't come back into those thoughts. Yeah. yeah, no. Okay, so I'm a very sensitive <laughs> person. Now, uh, what, what, what I was trying to say is don't come into my, my home because, no, I'm just kidding. I am a Libra, so I am the scales, which means that I'm indecisive. So I'm going to, no, I'm just kidding. Actually, all of those things are quote unquote true. Um, no, I don't. I can't say no that. I can't say that either. That's a lie. I don't normally ask somebody for their astrological sign. So it's not like, hey, what's your sign? What's your name is? It's none of that. Okay. Capricorn. Um, however, <laughs> what's your sign? What's your name is? Um, <laughs> however, there have been other people that have asked sign questions. Or people have offered them up with the, I'm a Pisces, so I do this. Or, I'm a Taurus, so you know I'm bullheaded. And usually those people are already grinding on my nerves. <laughs> and I've done them for so many other things that, I, that just adds one more to the pile. <laughs> So you do well, judge. that's why you judge don't get along with Pisces, okay? Oh. Libras mm. get along best with Aquarius and with Gemini. No, I'm just <laughs> I mean, yes, that's what they do, but I don't give a shit what you're saying. <laughs> but if you're going to do the whole, like, I'm a Taurus, so I'm bullheaded. Or I'm a this, and that's why I do that. My sun sign is this, but my moon sign is And when you start doing that, then I start judging you on that because you put that out there. Like, I would have probably been judging you for others. Uh-huh. We all judge people. I don't care who you are. Don't judge people. Baloney. That is something that I, I firmly believe. Everybody judges everybody in a slight manner. I'm not saying you do it with malice. You just Everybody automatically judges someone on something. If I show up and I've got super short hair as a woman, there's somebody out there that's going to go, short hair. And it's immediate. I'm not saying that everybody judges people with malice, but it's an immediate thing. We all automatically, yeah, I think I'm going to like this person. You just judge that person. You just, granted, it turned out to be a good judgment, but you still judged them. So let's get off that platform. Well, <laughs> I am well, a Libra. <laughs> and, and now we're all judging. <laughs> I'm a Libra. I don't make sense. I'm lazy. <laughs> I don't like expensive things. <laughs> I am the ever so thoughtful and idea initiating Aquarius, so uh, it, it's at this point, yes, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> and we hope that wherever you are, you are basking in your 
uh, you're fine in not judging others, but I have, you know, yeah, it's, uh, I think what we do, we <laughs> usually judge, it is true. We do judge those people who come, like, automatically come with it and, like, carry their sign like it's like a flag. Like, yes, I'm a, I'm a Leo, and this is, I'm always like this. And then when something happens, yeah, that's why, because there's a Leo, I would have already known it, because we both were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't do that. Because <laughs> now we're judging. No <laughs> shout-outs here. Uh, we're not judging. This is a judgment-free zone. So um, with that, thank you so much for joining us on this Friday night for page one. We're here every Friday night, just about 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. And then uh, one particular note, don't forget to mark your calendar where we'll see you next on Sunday night, September 4th. We will not be on next Friday night. We will be on Sunday night, September 4th, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central on Labor Day weekend. So maybe we'll also do something to – Maybe we'll do a nod to uh, Jerry Lewis, too, on that day, because that's uh, usually, you know, every year for years, uh, that was the uh, Labor Day telethon, which was, like, in homes for years. But we'll see. But until next we meet, uh, for Barry, I'm Lavar. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week ahead, and we will see you on Sunday night, September 4th. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms where we can be found. 